from indies to foreign films, from the underseen to the underrated, this is Not Your Average Movie Podcast. Alright everyone, welcome to Not Your Average Movie Podcast. Yeah, Not Your Average Movie Podcast. And as usual, I am your host, Tom Stiff, and this week we're shaking it up a bit. We got our first guest on the podcast, my brother Arian, bro Tendo, brother Alex Stiff. It is an absolute pleasure and honor to be on to this podcast. I've been waiting a long time to come on, chat a little bit, glad I could come on and talk for a little bit. The two brothers talking about movies. Oh yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> A lot of awkwardness is what could yeah, go a wrong. Lot of awkward ums and likes. <laughs> yep. All right. And this week we're talking about Hunt for the Wilder People. Ooh, spooky. It's not actually that spooky, but it's still good. Ricky Baker. He is a bad egg. A youth court regular. But we're hoping that this change of scene will help straighten them out. You hungry? That's a silly question, isn't it? Look at you. <laughs> Ricky Baker, now you are 13 years old. You are a teenager and you're as good as gold. Ricky, this is heck. You can call him uncle if you like. No, I can't. Bella told me to tell you that you should give me something to do. Is there anything you want me to do? Yeah. Leave me alone. Cool. A boy and his foster father become subjects of a manhunt after they get stranded in the New Zealand wilderness. That's probably the shortest description I've read for the show so far. Yeah, for real, that was pretty... That got straight to the point. That got straight to the point, and I kind of like it better than most of the descriptions I read for this podcast. Honestly, yeah, like... Well, especially with this movie, like, the whole movie is so, like, kind of, like, simple. It has one overarching story. So, like, just a short description gives, like, a good idea. But yeah, uh, when you first came to me to watch this movie, I was a little bit shocked that you chose uh, the director, Taika Waititz. <laughs> but yeah, just because he's one of the few directors that like I could name by, well, not name, but like I could see his face. I'm like, oh, that's definitely a director. But I haven't heard of this movie before, so it's definitely like an underrated movie. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's I think, his second big movie. Oh, really? Outside oh, of another movie we could probably do for the podcast. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of that either. Yeah, it's it's uh, they made a TV show out of the movie, I guess. Yeah. But no, it was definitely a good watch. I would definitely recommend it. But uh, yeah, let's go into it. Yeah, I was going to say. So just to start off, you already gave a short description, but like uh, in summary, how did how did you feel about this movie? You like it, dislike it, somewhere in so, between? So definitely in between. It wasn't the best thing since sliced bread, but it was still definitely a very good movie. I would definitely enjoy it. If like someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like watch this movie or like we should watch a movie like I would definitely suggest it. It was a good comedy. It's definitely a good movie where you can just sit down, relax, watch and just kind of like enjoy yourself. Not something that you have to watch intently too hard and while there are a few things that shocked me and like a few plot twists and stuff for the most part like i could understand where the overarching story went but some aspects and some extremes i wasn't expecting yeah i, I think that's one of the things taiko, taiko watiti does really well is have the comedy as well as some of the drama even though it's a very straightforward story yeah it's usually the comedy that keeps it interesting yeah he can see like uh 
like the same thing that happens in Jojo Rabbit, a movie that he directed too, where the story's going good and it's going in like linear, but the comedy is just what makes the movie good and just it catches you off guard, jumps here or there and stuff, and it's great. It definitely happened in this movie. Yeah, it bring, uh, the comedy brings it to another level of being. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially near the end, it's just like the comedy just like keeps going up more and more. Yeah, it goes completely ridiculous. And I, yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I think I'm a little higher than you on it. I really, really like this movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, I still think I like Jojo Rabbit better, but the this movie and Jojo Rabbit definitely, you can tell, were made by the same person. Oh, 100%. You could just tell between some of the cuts and some of the uh, camera angles and stuff. You could definitely tell it was like a director's kind of like flair on it. Yeah, even the way some of the humor is written is like, Pretty much all the humor is very much like Korg. Yeah, for real. And I, I wanted to get into that about some of the voice acting and stuff. I'll, I can, we can get into it later. But like, there was like a couple of voices where I was like, I swear I know that voice. And especially I just watched Thor Love and Thunder, which if I'm right, it's the same director, right? Yes. It, yeah. So yeah. there was like a couple of voices where I was like, Dude, I know that. Yeah, he definitely likes to use the same people. Speaking of people for this movie, it stars uh, Sam Neill and... Julian Dennison, who you'll know Julian Dennison from Deadpool 2. Ooh, I haven't seen that one yet. I you saw haven't the seen first Deadpool 2? I know, right? Put me on the cross. I know. I don't know. I've, I really enjoyed Deadpool 1, but I need to get to the second one. But hats off to him. I thought he was a pretty good actor. Yeah, no, he's a really good actor. He kind of does the same thing in Deadpool 2, which is why I bring it up. Is He's like kind of like a spoiled brat at first? or Not even a spoiled brat, just kind of a, you know a punk wannabe gangster kind of kid who very clearly is not but yeah um and kind of gets humbled by well in deadpool's case he gets humbled by deadpool in this in this movie's case it's a uh, grumpy old man yeah for real so well let's get into like the general plot of it so at the start this uh the kid yeah he comes in he's a foster kid hasn't seen too much stuff or well he's like had a rough life and as the movie goes on, you learn a little bit more, but he comes into this family with like a mom and dad. And one thing that I really liked at the start of the movie is that like, at first I thought it was just going to be like, oh, this kid, like, it's obvious this kid's not going to like the mom. And obviously like at the start, they had their like little banter and stuff, but I thought it was going to go on for a little bit, but like the mom and the kid really connect really fast, which I actually like. Cause you think like, oh, the, the kid probably didn't have like a mother figure. And once he got one, like they just would head it off. Yeah, I thought they were going to do the, you're not my mom, you're not my dad, like that stuff that like, yes, kids do that, but not every kid does that. I feel like every movie does the, I hate you, dad, which, yeah, yeah, this movie can do, but it, this movie does it with purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't do it for too long. Yeah, no, definitely. Because the first like 10 to 15 minutes, I thought this movie was going to go in that direction of just like. I don't like you, mom. And then actually, I like you, mom, at the end and everything's good. But it goes in a different direction, which I kind of like. Yeah. And again, like going back to the Jojo Rabbit comparison, I don't know what Taika Waititi like does to interact with child actors, but like he he directs children very well, like to the point where, yeah, like they're they seem like real children where, yeah, children can be shitty and precocious. They're not always just 100% an asshole all the time, which I feel like a lot of Hollywood movies do. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially with just Jojo Rabbit, like, you can just tell that, like, the actor is, like, doing a great job. Like, you forget that, like, it's a kid actor because a lot of times in movies, they, like, 
disrupts the immersion but with him like it just like you just keep going and it's great that even brings me to the parents too that both the parents do a good job of interacting off the kid and they feel like the mother-son relationship feels very real thanks to both of them yeah for real it, de it definitely did feel real and like it was a quick progression but it was a great progression of just the mom starting to relate to this kid and just getting him just just love and like just getting him into a house where he can feel like wanted at yeah and i didn't bring up the mother uh the mother's actress uh rima Tewaida is the mother and yeah she did a great job especially for the part she was given and not to give any spoilers but like her part like I feel like sets the movie in motion. It's the it's the heart of the movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like the call to adventure kind of in a way of like your classic like hero story, but like just what happens is just um it's good. And then Sam Neill, I feel like it's just him but older and grumpier. Like, do you know who Sam Neill is? Nah, I'm so bad with actor and actresses' names. I was gonna say to put into context also. As people who have listened to the podcast know, I'm an editor. I work in the film industry. Alex is an average Joe. He's a normal person. Actually, yeah, no. Well, I I wanted to say that at one point is that I'm just like I think it's good to just that I come on. And I just feel like I have like a very casual view of like movies and just like because I know you and Adam really like to go deep into like the actors and actresses and everything like that. And I just feel like it, I'm glad that I can come on and just give like a laid back feel and just just kind of like a classic viewer like input you know yeah well i'm that's another thing that i was really glad to have with having guests and particularly having you as well is you're not you're not a huge movie snob to put it in a very light point like oh no definitely. even if even though adam's adam's not really a movie snob he's just kind of i am i, I will fully admit i am a movie snob <laughs> no that's all good you're <laughs> you're passionate about it yeah so sam neil you've seen jurassic park though right yeah of course yeah he's the main guy from jurassic park Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. is that the same actor? Yeah. No way. Wow. That's oh, okay. He's uh, I I had no idea he's still in the uh acting game. Yeah, yeah. He's acted in a bunch of things like low key here and there. He's usually like in smaller parts, but that's him. Just with a giant beard. Yeah, for real. Giant beard and like his like man credits are like through the roof. Definitely one of the manliest characters in movie history of just like being able just being able to do it all, you know? And being a like being a, both a good and bad mentor for the kid. Yeah. Well, again, it sounds it feels exactly like his character from Jurassic Park being like, Err, I hate kids. Exactly. Err. Err. But actually, now I like kids. <laughs> I, I like them now. Yeah. For real. Yeah. <laughs> and every other word is Err. Err. Yeah, for real. I do feel like this movie did a better transition of him liking the kid than Jurassic Park. Because Jurassic Park definitely felt more like jagged. Of just like, I don't like kids, now I like kids. And the wilder people, I felt like had a good, it could have been a little bit better, but it was a good progression of the kid. And now he has to deal with this father who doesn't really like him, but now they slowly go through adventures and stuff. And now they start to like each other. Yeah. Like you said, it fe just feels believable, the development between both the actors. Yeah, exactly. Of yeah. like, even on the kid's end of like growing to like the dad, even though he kind of jumps off wanting to like him right off the bat. Yeah, a little bit. I do definitely like uh, just the banter between the two and especially the kids like just like saying like goofy stuff to him and he just tries to ignore it. But I don't know. I, I like that part of the movie, especially like a good example is so the kid gets a dog for like Christmas or something like that. 
And he just names it Tupac. I, like, I, I was like, what? I laughed so <laughs> yeah, hard. Yeah, both of them are like, who's Tupac? Like, what's a Tupac? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both parents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I love that. There's a part where the kid's like, yeah, he made me do stuff. Like, rub him on the leg and stuff. And he's just like, do you know what that sounds like? You know, yeah, for real. Stop talking. Yeah, no. Well, the kid thinking, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I swear on this podcast? Yes. Sorry. Oh, okay, perfect. Go ahead. Didn't want to get demonetized or anything. I say, like, we have monetization. <laughs> like, we yeah, have for real. money. Like, we have shmoney. <laughs> but, Maybe, um, like, someday. Someday in the future. Don't forget about me, Tom. <laughs> oh, yes, I won't forget about you when I become a professional podcaster. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> what are your favorite points of this, like, movie? Like, what, what are some good parts? What are some bad parts? Let the viewers know. Definitely one of my favorite parts is just the dialogue in general. Just any, 100%. all the jokes in this movie, I feel like for the most part, land. there aren't very many that like just fall flat for me. And the on running jokes, the ones yeah. that go throughout the movie, like um, if there is a main bad guy, it's this woman from social services. Oh, sorry. The best way to describe this girl for like everyone out there is like a wench. A wench. Yeah. Like it, it's just, I don't know. That's just how I would describe her. After every sentence she talks about, she's like, no child left behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was just like, her character was just so funny that like she was so unnecessary, like strict and just like no kid left behind, like going after like 100%, even though it like social services is still important, but like she takes her job to the next level. Well, and she's just like, this kid's a delinquent. He's going where he belongs, he belongs in jail. No, no child left behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will be in juvie. Um. Yeah, and just a quick side note, one of the people who's the voice acting, which it took me so long to figure out was definitely her, she was the voice actor in uh, the Disney movie, Soul. Oh, who was she? Yeah, like, you know the line people in Soul, and there's the e- little evil, not evil one, but the one that's trying to like keep count and stuff? Oh, that's, that's her. her voice, yeah. Okay. Sorry, quick side note, it took me so long to figure that out. The movie is definitely not good for its bad guys because like she's she's more used for like comedy which is great but the best part about the movie is just like the father and the kid just the banter between them and just going through it all yeah a mix of the comedy and just the heart of the simple story of just a father-son bonding story yeah exactly and especially just going through the woods and trying to like persevere through it yeah and just dealing with you know shared trauma yeah, I like how they were definitely subtle since the kids like had a rough past, like he's had some trauma and stuff. And it was just good to how they were very subtle with it. They didn't have to like do some big out like plot about what happened or anything. They were subtle and they just like he didn't really know who his parents were and it was okay. It was like a couple times where it was brought up, but it wasn't like since it was his trauma, he didn't want to talk about it at all. He didn't have to go through this huge like intervention to fix it. Yeah, this, oh, my life's been so hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, like uh... they didn't need this big, long speech about it. Like, I think there's only one part in the sh- in the movie that it really pulls, like, a speech out. And even then... Is that the haiku? No, not the haiku. Although, the, I like the haiku thing. Yeah, that was a good uh, reoccurring trope. Yeah, it wasn't even bad. It was just the kid going, like... Um, at the very end is when he start, started to do the, I hate you. Well, I hate you. Oh, well, I yeah, hate I you. Like, and then oh, it's goofy. like, it's the usual, like, oh, the characters have to like, not like each other for the conflict. Yeah. Even though we know that they're just going to end up liking each other. Yeah. That, that's another thing is just like that, like five minute sequence I knew in my head. I was like, yeah, it's, gonna, it's just going to switch. And like, they have to like each other. Exactly. That's like 
really the only big negative I can think about the movie. Honestly, yeah. I would say that and also the villain. Well, like, I know I said this a little bit earlier. My two negatives was just, you kind of knew what was going to happen. A few plot twists, but generally you knew what was going to go on. And the bad guy was funny, but the father and son duo outshines the villain and the villain just kind of pops up here or there. But each time she does, it's just, it's funny and it's great. Yeah, she's definitely one note. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. Like she's one dimensional. Yeah, she's there for the yooks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, also she has like a cop companion, which I thought he wasn't really necessary. He was too goofy to be a cop. Yeah, and even then, like, if he wasn't, he didn't even bring that many jokes. If he wasn't there, the movie wouldn't be any different. Oh, yeah. I just get the feeling he was probably a friend of Taika Waititi's. Yeah, definitely. And there was, like, a couple funny things with him, but definitely not needed. Yeah, between Lord of the Rings and this movie, I'm like, I want to go to New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, was it shot there? Yeah, so everyone's from New Zealand. Like, Taika Waititi's from New Zealand, and I think all of, if not most of the actors are also from New Zealand. Like the the Jurassic Park guy, the main dad, is from New Zealand, and that's where the accent comes from. The uh the whole quirk, like, oh hey, I'm your friend. Hello. Yeah. That whole accent is apparently kind of like in the same way. There's a stereotypical Canadian accent. That's like a stereotypical New Zealand accent. Huh. Never knew that. Whereas like yeah, stereotypical Canadians, like, hey yo hosa. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. I did feel like they all talked with like a certain accent. I couldn't pin it down or anything like that. But well, now I know. Um, but yeah, definitely a great shooting location, and it was good slow progression of them going through the forests and stuff, and then going through some plains, and just like you could see like that they were definitely like traveling, going to new locations. Yeah, and just the I don't know, I'm always a nerd for big like big sweeping shots, especially like you saw it in Lord of the Rings, you saw it here. Like New Zealand's just beautiful. Oh yeah, definitely. So many different like locations and stuff you can do. Yeah. So overall, really good movie. I give it a solid, again, me and Adam change up the rating system every time no, we go good. through it. The no ratings, worries. my opinion of ratings, ratings don't really matter, but I'm throwing them in here. Just oh, de- for... it's, yeah, it's definitely just like so- something that like you take with a great assault. Yeah, something something for you guys. To just exactly. Go ahead and judge on your own, but I give this a solid A minus if I'm doing oh, it like, doing a, like that. I'm All doing right. it like that. I was going to say a, a strong seven out of ten. A strong, strong seven out of ten. And I'd probably go one step higher. I'd probably go eight. But yeah, yeah. I'm that, over, that's I'm starting to see how where you. our vibes are going. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I would definitely say for the viewers, like to just get like a general idea. Have you ever seen a uh, Into the Wild? Into the Wild. Yeah. No. No, uh, well, I'm thinking okay. of something different. So I have not seen Into the Wild. Long story short, if you've ever seen that movie, it's like a comedy version of that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, so that's a solid recommend from both of us. And oh, now, yeah. and now we're going to run into the spoilers section. Ooh, spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers section. All right. So you want to, why don't we just start off right at the beginning? All right, cool. Yeah, definitely. This movie seems like it'd be easier to do in sequential order. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. No, I was like stressing that entire first part about just like not like, saying too much or anything like that and it's kind of like there's definitely a few plot points where like it's hard to talk about the movie especially well like the mom's death yeah when i was just like oh and they have (laughs) shared trauma i wonder what that could be (laughs) 
the mom's not in the rest of we haven't we talked about the mom once and then now she's gone yeah i'm hoping but most yeah. people can't suss that out because i feel like that's the only twist in the movie that I was like oh damn yeah, no, that's that was the one major thing when I was talking about the plot was of just like I did not I thought the mom was going to be there the entire time and just like it was just like so like out of nowhere which I mean that is how like death happens uh but yeah it just like she just croaks yeah why don't we start off just right at the beginning right. he gets Hell brought yeah. over uh to this family and basically first starts running away and you're right like yeah he runs away but the mom's just like. Oh, you made it all of 20 feet in the middle of nowhere. Good good job. Good job. Here's a golden star and some breakfast. But she's so nice. Exactly. And no matter, like, I honestly thought when he was running away, like, she would get mad a little bit. But, like, no matter what the kid did, like, she was just, like, she always, always had, like, open arms and stuff. And was, like, a very good, like, bringing together between, like, the father and the son. Yeah, she was a great, like, connecting figure. Like they say later on in the movie. She was saving wounded birds, I think is what they say, or something like that, where she's very much the kind of person who wants to save everyone, include him and uh, the son. It makes it even more interesting with the dynamic between the dad and the son, because there really isn't a dynamic between them for the first 15 minutes. Oh, no, not at all. Well, they, there's not much screen time, except for like they have dinner together because they're all like eating together and they just don't talk to each other. and the kid for the first like 15 minutes doesn't say anything except for like i don't want to be here yeah exactly and then pulls out that weird like whoopee cushion looking thing yeah for like the, the heating pad yeah 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 i yeah i was shook when they pulled that out that looks something straight out of charlie brown see i always remember it from that spongebob episode where they pull oh, out no, yeah that's what i was from squidward egg sacks but um, but yeah, no. So like we were saying before, so the kid gets dropped off. There's a little turmoil, but she he starts getting along with the mom. They do different activities like of just like surviving out in the woods of just like killing animals and stuff. But the whole plot that is like set in motion is the mom dying. We actually, I don't think we know why she dies, right? Yeah, no, they never really specify why. It's just that just he's working one day and then the son comes back and the dad is over his dead wife crying they don't really explain what it was or what happened mm -hmm. and they don't really need to yeah no like you said it's very true to life in that sometimes death just happens yeah for real. it's Come not like for any good reason it's just there yeah for real that makes the kid run away because the father tells him like oh i don't want you here which is a little bit obvious like you can tell that the father was gonna say that and it was gonna be like a little like turmoil between the two and then the kid runs off and gets lost and obviously the father being the hunter man himself comes and finds him and that's the next the next step even the father yeah even the hunt like we'll just call him uncle because that's uncle. what he's calling oh, the movie yeah. but yeah like uncle basically goes and he knows that child services is going to take him away no matter what because we figure out later in the movie that he was a felon yeah and so they're like oh the wife died and is just leaving him with this felon dad with as you know stereotypically sexist the court system can be sometimes they're like oh there's no mother involved well this must be a bad relationship exactly this yeah, is I not gonna know. work but then they're probably also like he's a felon yeah it, like on the surface it seemed like all like everything pointed against them but once you actually start like getting the relationship together like they actually start like connecting and having a great time so yeah the son runs away and in into the woods and um 
and yeah, uncle goes after him and uh, fractures his leg, so he can't really walk anywhere. Yeah. And from that point, like, the kid faked his own death very poorly. That was another funny point. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Like, when he... When he first burned his fake body, it was just a plate with his shirts over it and like a pillow inside. And um, yeah, no, that was definitely a one very funny part. Especially that was one of the funny parts with the policeman on the side. He was like, well, didn't he burn himself? And he was like, does it, this plate, does this look like his face? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Between the two cops. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then when he just burns down the whole bar and he's like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. That wasn't supposed to happen. Then runs away. I thought. Let's the- go Tupac. <laughs> yeah. For real. Run away, Tupac. I thought the uncle was going to be a lot more mad about the barn. But it also is like a little bit of symbolism to himself of just like my wife just died and I got to like run away. I got to leave that part of my life behind. Yeah. Well, even he said like the uncle was like, I'm going to go skip into the middle of the woods. Like I want to run away. And the kid's like, take me with you. So then the police immediately after seeing all this and seeing that the uncle went after him automatically just assumes the uncle kidnapped the kid. Yeah, exactly. Which happens super quickly. But like he's. Then they're on their adventure through the woods. They're just... They're living together. Originally, the uncle wants to get rid of the kid until they start wandering through the woods trying to get back to the cabin. So Slowly but surely do different stuff to just make them bond together. Yeah, just different stuff through their trek through the woods. And that's the thing of the plot being super simple. Is Most of the plot of this movie is they walk through the woods. Yeah. And you know it's a good movie when you can make something that simple still like interesting and good. Because like you kind of knew what was going to happen. They're going to walk through the woods. They're going to slowly become better. But just the banter between them is what makes it so much better. For sure. Most of these smaller movies, the ones that I really like, do have those simple premises. Yeah. Those very straightforward ones. It was just, it was great seeing them just together and especially just seeing the kid slowly learn wildest survival skills. Yeah, just wilderness survival skills, how to hunt animals, gun safety. That's one of my favorite lines is when he points the gun at someone and the uncle's just like, what did I tell you about gun safety? Yeah, for real. (laughs) Like, I don't know why this entire trip, I imagine, like, if you and dad got stuck in the woods. <laughs> yeah, for real. I do that. It, that would be exactly it. It's just me like annoying him at the start and just like accidentally pointing a gun, like not thinking about it. Yeah. And then just him being like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But there was definitely a lot of good parts of just them getting together. I definitely thought the major thing that made them go from like two people that they didn't like to like each other to like uncle and son was uh definitely when the boar attacks and his dog dies yeah that very was, sad tough that was the other sad moment it's just like it's also kind of goofy of i'm like is it bad that i felt more sad for the dog than the mom <laughs> like i felt no, definitely I, sad during the mom but yeah. it felt like a joke whereas the dog i was like oh no, no. no. yeah but i i couldn't say it better myself it definitely felt the same way of just like the dog was definitely a little bit emotional but the mom was like out of nowhere I did not expect him to just put down his dog so quickly, though. I was I, That's another thing that I didn't expect was just I thought he was going to be like really sad over the dog, which he was. But he just like he was like, turn around. Yeah, well, it's the kind of guy he is. Is He was super sad. He was crying while he did it. But like afterwards, he's like, well, 
You got to do what that, you got to do. That's life. Yeah. For and real. kind of the same thing with his wife is like, it's tear jerking being him like crying over her and then just straight into Taika Waititi himself being a priest making jokes. <laughs> yeah, for real. I love that he's in all his movies. It's so funny. I love him in all of his movies. I've seen him in a couple of other people's movies that I've been like, you're overacting it. Really it. Work. You're, you're yeah. overdoing it a little bit. But anytime he's in his own movie, I'm like, it's great. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like when directors just like hop in for a little bit or do a little something here or there. It just makes me like remember the directors and stuff. Yeah, so they go through the woods. I, the parts that made me laugh every time is when they run into those hunters in yeah, the middle of the woods. Yeah, and I love how it started of just like, yeah, my hands are just so soft. I didn't want to do it. But then my uncle just told me to keep on going and going. And it was just so like out of context. And then you could just see like the uncle get angrier and angrier. Yeah, and the hunter's clearly thinking he's like molesting like, the child. Yeah. He's just like, they're like, oh, I'm going to be sick. You're yeah, sick. for real. You sick fuck. How could you? Yeah. And I love how like the kid like he was oblivious enough to like not know what he was saying. But then right as they're like, oh, so you mol- he molested you. He was like, what? No, he did not. Why, why, why would you guys think that? Well, when he shoots the guy in the air, he goes, shit, just got real. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and, then, and then they do it again. Shit, just got real again yeah and they both do it together the second yeah, time real. yeah that's another thing where they start to get together more is that every time the hunters come in like they're just closer and closer yeah yeah no those hunters were definitely in for more jokes and i like that they just pile on with like each small adventure they go on it just piles on more and more characters and more and more like of them bonding together and just definitely. going through this goofy adventure yeah I do like how they put the chapters too. Yeah. That's yeah. very unique to, well, I wouldn't say very, but it's unique to uh, um, the director because he did that with Jojo Rabbit too. Yeah. Well, and it makes it nice for this kind of simple story where it is just a simple, we're traveling through the woods. It makes them into almost mini stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's definitely good. And it definitely just like breaks it up a little bit and you just like, I don't know. I just like it. I don't know what else. What else to say? I just thought it was a good idea. Yeah, no, the chapter thing, he definitely, I feel like a lot of independent people do that after Quentin Tarantino started doing it a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a Quentin Tarantino, like, staple. Okay, yeah. That's definitely me not knowing all the movies and stuff, but I don't know, I liked it. Yeah, no, I definitely enjoy it. I think it helps, like we said, like... Break it up. Break it up into individual stories. But yeah, they go there, they meet the hunters. I think the next big thing that happens you know when you go through the plot it's like not a lot happened but there was just a lot of funny jokes in between yeah exactly and like you know like you can think of like two or three big things that happen and they keep they kind of reoccur except for one but um but yeah it's just kind of weird having like not much go on but still enjoy the movie yeah and even the jokes aren't like in your face they're just like natural conversation that i feel like happens yeah for real and just happen to be super funny the only real cartoony bits are the bits with the police. Yeah, exactly. I love that they just keep getting more, like bigger and bigger. It go- it just goes from like a cop and the social worker girl, the wench you could say. The wench. Um and then it just slowly becomes like an entire army going after them for like no reason. But it's so funny. Just like no kid left behind. Yeah, the kid sees the SWAT teammates just like, "Whoa, ninjas." <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's definitely good. And then, so, well, obviously the police always come in, cause a little chaos, and then they have to run away. But I would say with that and the hunters, the other main part was meeting Crazy Dave or something like that. Oh, yeah, I'd say Crazy Dave. I'd say before that, even him getting to the house. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, definitely. That was a huge, uh, that's a huge plot point, yeah. Yeah, it's the only other weird negative I have about the movie is like, their whole plot point has a reason for the end. Like, I feel like they had something at the ending that they needed to resolve. Mm -hmm. And so they just put those two characters in there to resolve. To have, like, someone to, like, take care of the kid. Yeah. Basically, I think the writers just went, oh, we need someone to take care of him. And there's no way social services is going to give him back to the uncle. Yeah, for real. Or especially not Crazy Dave. But we'll get back to him. And we'll Um, get back to Crazy Dave. Yeah, no, it did feel a little bit weird. Especially just like the girl just felt a little bit forced, like forced to have like a slight romance between the two, even though there was just like it was just the kid looking at her for like 10 seconds. Then he dipped out. Yeah, I won't even call it a romance. I would just call it, well, a 14 year old boy being a 14 year old boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the, da- the dad was hilarious. Too. Yeah, the dad like- was a good a good addition. He was goofy. The selfie bit went on for a little bit. But at first I was like, damn, that was kind of funny. Yeah. And then when both of them were like, want a sausage? I don't know <laughs> yeah, why that, that killed like, me. Huh, all right. That's the thing with the New Zealand accent. It's just like, I'm sure they're definitely playing it up and making it more stereotypical. Yeah. But in the same way that like, bad Canadian accent can be funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the same thing with the New Zealand thing. Just, you want a sausage. You want a sausage. <laughs> but yeah, he meets up with them. Uh, doesn't get a chance to meet up with Uncle in enough time, so Uncle has to run away, and they have to find each other. Yeah, and that's where Crazy Dave rolls in. Yeah, exactly. I do like another thing is just uh, I like that he remembers to go uh, high ground with the water, and that's how he found him using his advice and just uh, past plot points to find each other and stuff. Yeah, it's shown he's grown, and like it's shown that the kid has grown, and as well as the dad, because the dad actually finds him too yeah exactly they, they both, the dad doesn't abandon him yeah they both have the tracking skills necessary and the necessary knowledge to know even though they're in this giant wilderness they know how to find each other yeah so yeah then they come upon crazy dave crazy dave yeah what a man wait wait do you actually remember is it crazy dave in the movie yeah i looked that up because now now i <laughs> Slight mistake by me, but now I think about it, Crazy Dave might be the guy from Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, <laughs> oh, I am entirely wrong with the Crazy Dave. It's Psycho Sam. Psycho Sam? All right, well, it was same type of vibe. That, it sounds like the Walmart version of Crazy Dave. I knew at one point there was going to be a crazy guy in the woods but to come up, but he, I liked him. And I liked, they, they didn't keep him in for too long. Yeah, he was in there for, like, the part, for that one chapter. Exactly, and that's all you needed for him. But it didn't feel too forced. Like if they kept him for longer, it would have been a little forced because I couldn't see the uncle and the kid wanting to stay with him. But it was definitely a good like little one chapter thing and a good transition in for them to get a a vehicle somehow. Yeah, a good transition to a vehicle and a good transition into them basically getting caught because he likes to think he's like Psycho Sam likes to believe he's smart and. Well, he's Smooth. not. No, not at all. <laughs> Knife on low, but he's like, I he the had, phone. Yeah, for real. Or like he has a trench and the trench just isn't dug yet. <laughs> yeah. And then the truck, like somehow the truck works. So yeah, then the police come by in force. In forces on forces on forces. Yeah, and that's where the movie just turned into basically Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. With the no, whole crazy car chase. Yeah, definitely. 
at that point you're like all right this movie's like going off the rails and stuff but like that's like uh the director always does that so it's funny and like it it's goofy but you got to remember it's a comedy so it's still good yeah taika watiti really likes just going to the next extreme taking it to that extra level yeah for and, real. going balls to the walls and i like if they're gonna go crazy i'm glad it was just for the climax that oh they, yeah definitely because that's the only part that i feel, feel like feels like super un yeah definitely. just having that many people against yeah, this many, old two, man like the two helicopters the tanks and everything because like it would just feel awkward and weird if they did that when they were like hunting and in the woods and stuff like you need to have like realism there but when it was like having the gta uh car scene and everything yeah like, the yeah. five you're on five stars running away yeah for real we've all been there before mm-hmm Got a bail with a random kid and even try to have a little bit of heart at the end with the like Taikawatiing being able to balance heart and comedy perfectly is them having the whole like the I hate you, I hate you, well I never wanted you, blah 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 immediately into I sh you shot me in the ass. <laughs> yeah, for real. I thought that was a little like goofy. A little too goofy for me. Yeah. It was funny, but I don't know. That part wasn't my favorite. Cause I could also see him like saw him like shoot him in the ass a little bit like it was gonna come up but it was it was funny yeah when he was like aiming the gun at him you're like okay when does the gun go off yeah true. <laughs> I, another i won't even say negative i feel like it's good that the i like with these shorter movies and these basic premise movies when they can wrap it up fairly quickly and they basically oh, do at the very end they just kind of they cut through the hope them going to court very quickly and yeah, just like no, i'm glad that they did that quickly and because it wouldn't be, like, the movie is about being in the woods and stuff, and it just wouldn't feel, like, part of the movie. Yeah. I, I honestly, they wrapped it up so quickly at that part that I thought they were going to just leave it there that the uncle would go to jail for the rest of his life, and I don't know what would happen to the to the kid. Yeah, I figure they weren't going to end it on a downer note, just with how, like, pretty lighthearted and funny this movie's been. I figured they weren't going to end on, like, a super sad downer note yeah i i was thinking that would be a weird like point to do that but i'm not gonna lie they, I, like i thought for a second like it was gonna be like that yeah well i like that it kept me on the my toes of just like oh how, like how is this movie gonna end because there's no way this can end with them just like and we evaded the police forever exactly and we just lived in the woods yeah there's no way it can just end like that so i was wondering like how is this gonna end and that's where like the fam the family he ran into yeah, I did not expect to see those two at the end. It's like a definitely believable way of just getting the uncle back with him, but still being in an illegal way. Yeah, and him being able to leave the kid off with actually a good family, where the entire uh, time you can tell, like, the social services person does not give a shit about the kid. No, she doesn't. And, in so, like, in some aspects, like, obviously the uncle cares for him, but at some point, like, the kid has to go find the real world. He can't just stay in the woods for the rest of his life. There's no way the government's just going to let the uncle keep the kid, especially after all this shenanigans. Yeah, for real. But yeah, I feel like they just wrapped it up very quick, but very good and just made everything make sense. Yeah, it definitely made sense. When the plot has to be serious, like I was like, all right, that's unrealistic. Like when it's goofy, you're like, oh, it's unrealistic. But like just explaining a way of the uncle and kid getting together, it's, it's realistic, you know? Yeah, and this movie is one of the few comedies that is does have some amount of realism to it oh definitely yeah because i feel like That's a lot of comedies are just not 
in the realm of realism at all. Yeah. Or like especially slapstick comedies where like someone will like drop three stories and then be fine. Yeah, exactly. Or just like, you know, goofy ones even, like uh I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, Austin Powers or something. Oh. Or, like, even Blues Brothers, where they go completely ridiculous after a while. Yeah. And, yeah, they basically, they wrap it up very quickly, concisely, and that's another thing about this movie. It's very, you know, very short, quick, and to the point. Exactly, yeah. It's a nice watch. It's a nice, easy thing to just put on quickly, not something too long that you have to concentrate. It's just great of just, like, every once in a while, it's nice to just sit back and not have to care too much. Just enjoy your enjoy life and enjoy watching watching the movie. Yeah, you get some of the laughs, you get some of the feels, some good acting, and yeah. Very good movie. Overall, good movie. Should we move into the recommends and warns? I'm down for it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, my recommend for this week is The Boys Season 3. Oh, of course. You have to. I have to. I, I've only seen a co- the first like three or four episodes of The Boys, but every single one of my friends who like watches like MCU and superhero stuff, like they they like adore it, they love it, and I just need to get around to watching to it. Yeah, to it's it. definitely it's hard for those first few episodes because those first few episodes make you think, oh, is it just going to be all blood, gore, and boobs and nothing else? And it has so much more than just the I'm sure concept. I'm sure they go into like social and political aspects too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's kind of one of the big things of the show of like, it shows what superheroes would probably actually be like in this world more than like what they would be in Marvel or whatever, where they're like, we're all pretty good upstanding people with maybe one or two flaws. Yeah. Yeah, MCU is a little bit unrealistic, but the boys, you could definitely tell it's like real world. Like it's like Batman, but if Batman was even more real, like kind of realistic. I don't know if that was a good way to put it, but you know. Yeah, I, mean. I wouldn't even call it necessarily realistic. It's just like it takes the scenario of this big fantasy world and it's like, but gives it the more realistic spin to it of like, yeah, you know what? If Captain America grew up in the 40s and he was unfrozen now, he'd probably be pretty racist. He really would be. He, yeah. he, would, he would definitely be pretty racist. 100%. And I love like the different YouTube videos where. It's just like Captain America and it's just him like not knowing the culture or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, him being an old man stuck in the 40s. Yeah. And then they just, and the boys, they're terrible for Captain America's soldier boy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's hilarious. Is it like the same plot where he's just like super racist because he's from the 40s or something? That's not the main thing, but it is a part of it. And even he's just like. Like, he sees a couple of gay people kiss in New York, and he just gives them a look of, like, what the hell? Yeah. And, yeah, what would happen if you were frozen in the 40s? Yeah, for real. And, yeah, it just addresses stuff like that, or, like, the fact that, yeah, Superman... You'd probably get drunk on power. I don't know what happens, but I'm assuming that's what happens. Yeah, if a man had all the power in the universe, he probably wouldn't end up being a good guy. Yeah, big god complex right there. Yeah, it shows what would happen if Superman was never raised by good parents. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind. It, that's kind of the main thing that they go along. You you'll see it when you watch it. Yeah, for real. I'll, I just need to binge it at some point. Yeah, that's their thing with the Superman. It's like Superman, but he wasn't raised by good parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like the Flash, if he was just an a-, a stereotypical athlete. Yeah, exactly. Only caring about himself. I got a little bit of the Flash guy when in the, in the first couple episodes. Yeah, and so. Yeah, no, this newest season, I'd say definitely keeps up the momentum. 
And the fact that I'm still recommending it and love it, and it's probably my least favorite season, says something about the quality of the show. Most of the time in the show, they do blood and gore for a reason. Like, it helps address something in the show. Whereas this season, it definitely used, like, blood, gore, and sex, just because they were like, it is pretty funny. Yeah. Which sometimes it was funny, and sometimes I was just like, okay, now you're just using it to just shock people. Yeah. Like, for example, a guy just gets attacked by, like, a 64-foot-long dick, which I was like, that's yeah, hilarious. That's hilarious. And at the same time, much, yeah, yeah, it's a little... It's a little unnecessary. Leave that for jackass. Yeah. A, a superhero orgy, like, same oh, thing. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm just like... A little bit of a shock factor of just doing it to do it. Exactly. They were definitely doing it just to do it, whereas all the other times they weren't. But outside of that... If that's the only complaint, then it's definitely a really good show. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And my last thing, the main actor who plays their Superman, uh, Homelander, he is so, so good. Really, as an actor? He's an amazing actor in the movie, especially once you get later in the show. The fact that he hasn't been like awarded anything or nominated for anything for that role. Absolutely criminal. It is absolutely criminal. You'll see when you watch more of the show. I think him and uh carl urban him and the man who the guy who plays their version of superman are the two things that hold the show together no that's definitely good and they're like the two main actors right yeah like definitely like big roles so yeah you could debate between them two and then like i think the nerdy guy is the other character yeah so if two out of your three main characters are like ungodly actors like you're doing something right exactly unreal well i got a two for you a two for so one's a goofy TV show. I, I think I, I might have texted you it, but I'm not sure. So this one goes out to all my SpongeBob SquarePants lovers. So it's called Sponge uh, Sponge DocuPants. Uh, have you seen it at all? I haven't know? seen it. You told me to watch it. Yeah. So it's not that popular, but it's basically it's the funniest thing ever. There's like eight episodes, but really you only need to watch like two or three after you're done. But it's just some of the funniest thing to just watch. Basically, it's a spoof documentary about different episodes in SpongeBob. So, like, the I would definitely recommend if you're going to watch one episode, it's only 20 minutes long, not a big investment. The first episode, it's just a full-on documentary about SpongeBob's first day there and making, like, Krabby Patties and how he has to overcome, like, the adversity. And they had these actors come in and do, like, the most stereotypical, like, documentary people where they were, like, all the documentary tropes, you know? Yeah, where they're just running in on SpongeBob on his first day. At- <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, the, the world adored him. And then there was that one fateful day. What a tragedy. And like, there's one girl that like starts crying and then the tissues come out of nowhere. It's definitely a spoof, but it's so funny. It's good. It sounds goofy. Is it? Is it? Is this a YouTube thing or? No, you can get it. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like, it's like so it's a, it's a legit show. Oh, it's yeah, not... 100% like legit. Like It's actually like weirdly good production for being like something so goofy. But it's def- you can definitely tell that like they didn't just like, it wasn't a YouTube thing. Like they actually put good money into it. But it's definitely not the most like expensive thing ever because like it's a documentary too about SpongeBob. Not too hard to make with fake actors. If nothing else, that sounds like something different and definitely helpful yeah definitely it's just a good like little nice thing to watch if you're ever bored and you just need a quick laugh or something and wow no one talks about amazon prime but we got two recommends on amazon prime today yeah for real two yeah big shout out maybe that's the people who start paying us amazon prime 
Yeah. Two shout outs for them. Which another low key thing about the boys. Love the boys makes fun of giant corporations and yet has their show on the biggest corporation that is the most corporate corporate like <laughs> yeah, for thing. Amazon is just like the most corporate thing in the world. Yeah, and it's the thing they rail against the most. Really? Yeah, they rail against like corporations more than anyone. Yeah. Alright. And then the uh the second thing. Uh so I would definitely recommend uh this band called Camp. I was introduced to it about a year ago and I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, yeah, my friend showed me it. And ever since then, it's just like kind of a folk vibe of just like chill, but just like kind of puts you in a good mood and stuff. And like each song, it, most of the songs have the same type of vibe, but it's just like a good, nice vibe where you can like you put it on to for a car ride up north or something. It's really nice. And I actually I just saw them live in concert. They were the opener, but it was still really good and fun to watch them you know it's good when our aunt listens to them too yeah yeah exactly <laughs> on Kristen. but yeah no i definitely recommend them and i it's definitely a new band that i'm getting into i need you give them a deeper lesson because i'm not sure if they're fully my vibe just because the slower folk thing yeah it's like i'm definitely i've come to notice i like fast-paced music a lot De oh definitely but they're definitely like a chill a chill music yeah, exactly. It's something nice to like on a long car ride. You can just like step back, relax, and not have to worry about driving an hour or two. Yeah, you take a deep breath after work or whatever. And oh, just... yeah. You know, camp's always coming on after work. And then going into work, I just have anime music to get me hyped. They're like, let's yeah, go. Let's <laughs> fucking go. I'm going to kill demons. <laughs> and then you just like start editing. <laughs> or like I bring in someone to triage. I was driving once and I had my Spotify on shuffle and all of a sudden the Hunter Hunter theme came on. Oh, and yeah. one of my friends was just like, what the hell is this? And the other one was like, let's go. <laughs> That's how you know someone watches anime is where like this, the opener song comes on and like instantly like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, same with Attack on Titan. Just Dude, nothing like it. Nothing like an Orin uh, speech to get you running into battle. Uh, to get you hype. Yeah, for real, get you hyped to go into work or something. Yeah, or if you're going to exercise, like yeah, for anime real. music while exercising is weirdly hype. Really? Uh, yeah, I've I've never really done it too much, but I'm not gonna lie, I've done it like a couple times where like I need to get hype. I uh, would put on a song, like an anime song, and just be like, all right, let's do this. Uh, shout out to skiing right before a big jump <laughs> <laughs> you're going off the jump going give your heart give your heart i'm gonna die but it's okay Durr. yeah good recommend so that's a recommend for me for the boys season three and for alex it's a recommend of camp and spun spongebob docupamp exactly all right you got anything else you want to shout out or say before we wrap this up i don't know thank you for having me on it's been a pleasure hopefully at some point i can hop on with you and adam i'd also like to talk to adam at some point and just like i'll watch a movie together and just see how it goes yeah definitely i'm thinking i'll probably i've gotten a few people who have said that they'd want to be on the cast so yeah no the good variety would be great too yeah time to buy a third microphone <laughs> oh yeah dude that's how you're going up in this world oh yeah you're gonna more people all right, everyone. I think that's the episode. The wrap. Yep. See you next week. Ooh, green bar goes up when I talk. Ah! 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 Hello, Tom. Hello. Hello in there.
Hello, future Tom, editing out stuff. You can edit out this start of the podcast because Tom isn't recording yet. So I just wanted to say hi, and I hope your day's going well, and I hope you're not too angry. Trail mix. Trail mix. You could choose anything, and you chose trail mix. You'll turn it into mom. I'm trying to not be chunky, brother. I order. I I like the chunky look. What can I say? You know when you go when you go to BJ's. They give you a giant thing. So I can say a giant thing. That is pretty deadly. That is pretty deadly. Yeah. Like the platform. Very simple movie, but a very good movie. I highly recommend that. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. Yeah. But uh, there's some parts I've heard are so gross that I'm just kind of like, eh, do I want to watch this? Right yeah, now? no, it's a little extreme, but oh, well. but get back onto the main point. Taika Waititi still. Taika Waititi. Even despite Thor Love and Thunder probably being my least favorite of his movies, he still never let me down. Yeah, I was I was a little let down for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Yeah, it, like I'll, I'll make this short and quick because it's just like out of nowhere, but. My Marvel side has to come out. What yeah, we say? can leave this in the end. Oh, okay, perfect. But um, yeah, no, Thor, Love and Thunder, good movie on its own, but just in the whole MCU plot, it just, I don't know, it wasn't too good for me personally. Yeah. Sorry to uh, bring down Taika Waititi all the time, but Jojo Rabbit was good though. Yeah, this movie's definitely more in line with Jojo Rabbit and just oh, with this, yeah, I, I'll agree definitely with Thor, Love and Thunder. It's just that like, I feel like it's the first movie Taika Waititi's ever done where the comedy just overshadowed all the serious stuff so yeah. much that it kind of didn't make anything matter anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I'm that's like, what I, I don't that, know why I care. <laughs> I think that's why I like Jojo Rabbit so much is that the comedy just makes like something so serious like World War II and like Nazis and everything just so goofy. Like it's one of the few movies that just like made Nazis goofy somehow and still made it funny. Still made it funny, but never deviated away from the seriousness of Nazis, too. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, I don't know how he usually pulls it off. And yeah, for almost every movie, even Thor Ragnarok, he has. Wait, he directed Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, he did Ragnarok, which is why he got Love and Thunder. Wait, wow. Well, I learned something he, new that, every day. Like, well, I could definitely tell it's the same vibe, but I Ragnarok was really good. I like that. Yeah, well, and that's why he's Korg. He's the rock, so that's yeah, why he's exactly. the rock guy. That's why Korg comes in in Ragnarok. Like, oh, hello? Hello there. Rock beats scissors. Yeah, and I haven't seen what what we do in the shadows, the movie, but I've watched the TV show. TV show is really funny. Is that like a... It's a... It's, imagine it's like The Office or like filmed like that, mm-hmm. but it's just all about like vampires who live, you know, vampires who live among us. They're filming a documentary about these vampires, mm-hmm. but they're not like vampires are, that are like Oh, we're in hiding. We're so cool. They're literally like Dracula, 1970s. I suck your blood. <laughs> Vampires just yeah, running around way, New York. Way too goofy. Yeah, yeah, super goofy running around New York and just fucking with people. And like, I like it because they address the fact that there are camera people. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like most of these things, like The Office and everything, just forget. Like, they film it this way, but they forget that they're supposed to be actual people. Mm-hmm. And the vampires are every once in a while just eat the sound warrior or eat a cameraman. They <laughs> <laughs> just go after them. Yeah. yeah it's just like all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. Well, we have some fresh meat right here. He's like, they're paying us, goddammit. No. I, I hate to break it to you, but if you, you would be that guy, Tom. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, they're like, oh, we got an extra editor. 
There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. No. They feast on my flesh. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. But yeah, so. Um, so is it like any form of entertainment? Yes. I oh, mean, okay, cool. Like, literally, if you want to recommend a cookbook, you can recommend it whatever the hell yeah, you our want star wars cookbook our star wars cookbook that <laughs> yeah. i think dad's opened once and been like well no we opened it a lot it just dad never cooked anything out of it yeah well, that's no. all good shout out to amazon prime making us get a third mic yeah i say amazon prime sponsor me sponsor us give us your money you have enough yes daddy bezos <laughs> daddy bezos give us your money Get on, stop yeah. being the dragon on your like exactly. mound of money and <laughs> for real. You don't let your employees uh pee, so just give us that money that they're making. Yeah, get, give us your employees pee money. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Here's one piss dollar. <laughs> yeah, for real. Here's one piss dollar to the mic cause. <laughs>